baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. You're listening to the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. I'm your host, Heather Vale, and joining me today is Julian High, President and CEO of the United Way of Southern Nevada. UWSN is celebrating its 65th anniversary, and it has their Day of Caring coming up. Julian, thank you so much for being here today. Heather, it's so good to hear you and see you again. Thank you for having me. So, you know, I think pretty much everyone has heard of the United Way, but for those who don't know, what exactly does the organization do? So United Way is the leading collaborator, convener, and funder of nonprofits in the Southern Nevada community. We fund primarily in three areas, which is workforce development, student achievement and success, and emergency and crisis funding. Now, United Way does not provide uh, direct services. We partner with community agencies who provide direct services throughout Southern Nevada to get direct services to people. For instance, uh, Leaders in Training is one of our community partners, and they actually provide the services to students to help them achieve their, their academic goals and success, but we provide some portion of their funding to do so. Okay. So what exactly is the Day of Caring? The Day of Caring is the single largest day of volunteerism in the Southern Nevada community. It's our seventh year of doing this. Wow. And it's so special for us because it's in our 65th anniversary celebration context that we're putting on this seventh annual day of caring. And last year we had over 650 volunteers who came out to work on over 50 projects throughout the Las Vegas Valley. And so what that means is we all get together at, and this year we're going to be at Stoney's in town square. Once again, we're so grateful to Stoney's for their generous support of day of caring. And then we meet at 8.30. There's some time to uh, have fellowship, have a little breakfast, get a little exercise, get everyone pumped up and get them ready for the day. And then at 10 o'clock, everyone disperses into the Las Vegas Valley for the purpose of serving our fellow Southern Nevadans. And those things could be anywhere from helping children read to cleaning up school gardens to working with the Green Our Planet, who's one of our community partners on their hydroponic garden program, to working with Opportunity Village, who is another one of our community partners, for the magical forest holiday season, which everyone in Southern Nevada loves, and has always been a special favorite of mine. And then opportunities like um, putting together dental hygiene kits for nonprofits and schools throughout the Valley. So there are a myriad of opportunities for people to volunteer, and it's really one of the most special and awe-inspiring things that we do at United Way. So when you say they disperse out into the community, this is all happening on that same day, on September 23rd? Yes, on the 23rd, uh, we all sort of gather for a kumbaya moment, <laughs> and then people go out into the community, and they're working in projects throughout the Las Vegas Valley, whether that be North Las Vegas, or Henderson, or Summerlin, or East Las Vegas. I mean, there are literally projects happening throughout the valley. So do the volunteers get to choose which type of project they want to work on? Or do you just say, okay, I need 10 of you here, you, 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 and you go? 
Now, this is the other thing that's beautiful about the day of caring. It really is a day of caring and thought. If there is something or an issue or a project that a family or a church or a school wants to undertake on their own because that's their special passion, all they need to do is go to uwsn.org slash caring and start their own project. Or we have a number of projects you know, derived from the needs of our community partners that they can sign up for. So it's completely um, self-selecting and people can really decide how they want to participate in showing up and demonstrating to their neighbors that they are cared for and that they are an integral part of our community, no matter where they are on the socioeconomic ladder. Nice. Okay. So you mentioned it's at Stoney's Rock and Country and it starts at 8.30. Now, a lot of people are probably thinking, oh, 8.30 at night, because that's a bar. But it's actually 8.30 in the morning. It's 8.30 a.m., and we provide a fantastic breakfast uh, in partnership with one of our other, other community partners and some inspiration and a little bit of direction about what we're doing for the day. But really, it's a moment for us to be together as a community and see the power of volunteerism and the power of helping our brothers and sisters in the community up. So I think that one of the most impactful moments is that time when we all get together at 8.30 at Stoney's and really say to one another that we are here in fellowship and, and communityhood to do good in our community. Okay, so how many volunteers are you expecting to show up this year? Well, we will take as many as will come. <laughs> uh, we'll take as many as Stoney's will hold. And I'm not sure what the fire marshal would say about how many people Stoney's can hold. But um, we still need uh, approximately 400 volunteers if we're going to complete all of the projects that we'd like to complete. So this is a call to arms for people to please sign up and then show up to volunteer. Last year, we had 650. If we could get to 1,000 this year, that would be, that would be incredible. And we are willing and grateful for every single person uh, who shows up. Okay, so you mentioned this is the seventh year. Were you actually doing it during COVID as well? I think we had some virtual projects during COVID, and we were able to do some things that were virtual and safe. And if you recall that during COVID, there was a time where there were lots of uncertainty. And the thing that I love about the team at United Way, although I wasn't here at the time, is that they still figured out how to show up for the community and, and give in a way that was appropriate for the time. Okay. So the volunteer opportunities that are happening on the Day of Caring, do they all fit under a certain type of pillar or is it all kinds of organizations and all kinds of things going on? There are a variety of organizations, but all of them are our community partners. There are opportunities available as diverse as handing out food bags for people mm -hmm. and putting together hygiene kits or tutoring a student or working in a computer lab to help kids get their homework done. I mean, as for as many nonprofit partners as we have in the community, there are opportunities, which means that there are literally hundreds of different kinds of opportunities that people can avail themselves of on this day of caring. So whatever your skill, whatever your interest, there's a role for you to play on the day of caring <laughs> with United Way. So on the day of caring, if you have a thousand people show up or even 600, 500, however many, putting all that effort and doing all that good, you know, that's super awesome. But I'm sure a lot of those volunteers would also like to continue volunteering with some of your community partners on an ongoing basis. Is there an opportunity for them to get involved on a longer term basis? 
Absolutely. And and I and I know I speak for our community partners when I say volunteerism is key to all of our success. And Day of Caring provides a window into what volunteer opportunities are out there and what kinds of organizations are out there and how United Way can connect you to them. You know, at United Way, we have our own volunteer portal where people can go in and sign up for volunteer opportunities. And that's really um, in the DNA of, of United Way that we want to connect people to projects and to each other. Nice. Okay. So we mentioned that this is your 65th anniversary and you were on the show when you first started kicking off that initiative. What kinds of things have been going on to celebrate that milestone? Well, we have had a lot going on and um, starting officially with our um, Golf United tournament that drew over 300 golfers, if you can imagine. Wow. How fun <laughs> that was as a kickoff to our 65th anniversary celebration. We're, we're sponsoring concerts in the Valley to show the people who are interested in the arts and interested in music and how that brings us together, that United Way cares for that and that those folks have a role to play uh, in the work that we do here at United Way. We're getting ready for, uh, after Day of Caring, uh, we're getting ready to relaunch a number of our affinity groups, meaning we have a young professionals uh, society that we're relaunching with a fabulous fun golf tournament here coming up really soon. And then the piece de resistance is our Legends and Lions Ball that will happen on April the 22nd in 2023, where we're going to show up and show out and celebrate <laughs> both the people who made United Way possible and the folks who are going to help us for the next 65 years. It's going to be a grand moment for this community, and we can't wait to share it with everybody. That's awesome. Okay, so you mentioned uwsn.org slash caring is where to find out more about Day of Caring or sign up to take part in that event. Now, what if people want to find out more about the United Way of Southern Nevada in general, including services that you offer and other events that are going on as they come up? Thank you. That's a very good question. Thank you for uh, asking. Um, for general 65th anniversary activities and events, we have a special website, and that's uwsn.org slash 65. And for resources available to folks, and we uh, did, a, did a very impactful um, partnership with uh, KTMV, where we talk about the missing middle in Clark County. So there are, mm -hmm. there's a website that we've created for people who may not fall below some of the federal poverty guidelines but need assistance, and that's uwsn.org slash missing middle and then for general united way information you can go to uwsn.org and then search our website for any of these things more generally but we want to be very intentional about the 65th anniversary so that there's a special pathway in there and also mm -hmm. the same for the missing middle and we hope that people are finding the information that we're providing useful Okay, perfect. So once again, uwsn.org is the main website, uwsn.org for United Way, Southern Nevada, uwsn.org. If you want to take part in Day of Caring, which is coming up on Friday, September 23rd, go to uwsn.org slash caring. That's happening Friday, September 23rd at Stoney's Rockin' Country at Town Square, right? Yes. Okay. And thank you to our generous sponsors at, at Stoney's for, for the space. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. So it kicks off at 8.30 a.m. with a breakfast and a celebration. And then at 10 a.m., tons of volunteer opportunities. And they're looking for hundreds more volunteers to take part. So uwsn.org slash caring is the site to go to for Day of Caring. And then if you want to find out more about the United Way of Southern Nevada's 65th anniversary celebrations, that's at uwsn.org slash 65. And if you want to find out more about services that they offer and you happen to be in that missing middle category where you're not below the poverty line but you still need services, they have a special site for that as well, which is uwsn.org slash missing middle uwsn.org slash missing middle. But of course, the main thing right now that we are looking for help with is the day of caring. And that is going to be at uwsn.org slash caring. And once again, that's coming up on Friday, September 23rd. Julian, thank you so much for being here and talking with us about this and letting everybody know about the day of caring and how they can take part and how they can volunteer and give back to the community. And I know a lot of people are going to want to help out. So I'm glad you're here spreading the word. Thank you so much. Thank you again for having me. And thank you again so much for your support and shining light uh, where light needs to be shown. So thank you. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. I'm Heather Vale, and today I'm speaking with Debbie Palacios, Southern Nevada Executive Director for Communities in Schools, or CIS, and also Doug Taylor, Principal of Martin Luther King Jr. Elementary School. CIS has partnered with Shania Twain's Shania Kids Can Foundation to meet the needs of underserved students at Martin Luther King Jr. Elementary School, which is a new addition to the CIS school roster for this school year. Debbie and Doug, thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for having us, Heather. So Debbie, for people who aren't familiar with the organization, what exactly does Communities in Schools do? Sure. So Communities in Schools is actually a nationwide organization. We've been in Nevada for 18 years. We Here in Las Vegas and in Southern Nevada, we partner with Clark County School District, currently serving 65 schools. And what we really do is we are there to make sure that we can help remove any barriers that a student might have um, that is keeping them from being successful at school. Um, so all of those things that have to happen prior to a student entering a classroom and being ready to learn. Some of the challenges that some students may have may revolve around transportation and getting to school. Maybe they're struggling with food insecurity at home. Maybe they don't have school supplies or you know they can't see the board because they haven't had vision services. Um, so really, all of those basic needs, we try to address those and work with our school partners and our, our district partners in order to fulfill those needs. So that way we can help with that part. And then schools are able to teach students and be able to get them where they need to be academically. Nice. Okay. Doug, how did Martin Luther King Jr. Elementary School become a CIS school for this year? I worked with uh, CIS at Loman Elementary when I was assistant principal. 
And, you know, I just saw the value of our partnership at Loman and how uh, they really supported our students there. And I felt like that was something that needed to come to Martin Luther King Elementary School. It is pretty much the same area. Uh, we're right down the street from each other and we have uh, very similar needs. So, you know, I, I definitely I reached out to Debbie and, you know, been trying to get um, somebody over here. And we finally do have a person and she's been amazing with our kids. Um, and then having the Shania Kids Can Clubhouse as well, it's just been a wonderful addition to our campus. Yeah, tell us more about the Shania Kids Can Foundation partnership, how that came about, and what exactly is the SKC Clubhouse? Shania Kids Can is really um, a wonderful foundation that has a lot of the same um, goals as CIS. So really taking care of the whole child and removing any barriers. And so they work with schools actually, uh, not just here in the US, but also in Canada. And we started talking to them actually early on um, in the pandemic about ways that we might be able to support each other's missions. And they were really interested in our model. Um, as Doug mentioned, he has a CIS site coordinator there. Um, the Shania Kids Can Foundation had a similar model with their clubhouse, similar to our CIS resource rooms, where they would have a, a well-trained full-time employee there addressing these basic needs and, and a lot of the, not just physical needs, but also social emotional needs of students. So in our conversations, they said, this you know, we there's some great synergy here. We'd love to partner and sponsor one of your schools, especially since that we are so rapidly growing. Um, so right away, uh, Martin Luther King came to mind, as Doug said. Um, we knew that there was need there. We wanted to get CIS services there. And again, so we were able to make it a CIS resource room that also is the Shania Kids Can Clubhouse. It's a safe space for students where they can go get what they need, have that connection with a caring adult or site coordinator who runs the clubhouse. Um, and we're just really thrilled about the partnership and allowing us to reach even more students. So is MLK the only CCSD school that has an SKC clubhouse? Uh, yeah, right now we are. Um, I know, uh, Debbie, you guys were talking about uh, possibly expanding to um, more schools in the school district. But yeah, right now we are the only one. And I know one of the thoughts, Heather, that we had talked about with the Shania Kids Can Foundation is one of their biggest pillars is really just being part of the community. So one of the things that may be in the works is them potentially having a clubhouse in the middle school that is in the same community as uh, Martin Luther King Elementary. So students would have a Shania Kids Clubhouse at Martin Luther King and then at their middle school when they got to middle school. So, Doug, your school is just pretty much blazing trails. You come on board, brand new CIS school, and yep. also the first SKC clubhouse. I mean, how did all of that happen so fast? Uh, just, you know, our relationship with uh, community schools and, you know, just making sure that, you know, some of our needs of our students were met and just really talking about those needs and how uh, community schools and Shania's uh, Kids Can Clubhouse could meet those needs and just, you know, planning with Debbie and her team and making it happen. So Debbie, are there plans for other communities and schools, schools to get a clubhouse as well? That is the hope. Again, we're so grateful for the partnership with Shania Kids Can. They have been wonderful. And like I said, it's been in the works for a bit. Again, uh, started early 
talks early on in the pandemic. And of course, you know, that had its own challenges. So navigating through those. And then our hope is, yes, to continue expanding the partnership. The Shania Kids Can uh, Foundation folks were here. They got a chance to visit uh, Martin Luther King Elementary, see the work that's already happening, even in just the first few weeks of school. And our, our hope is to continue. Um, currently, I mentioned we're in 65 CCSD schools, but we're rapidly growing, adding about 10 to 12 each year. So certainly we know that there's more need out there. And if we can partner with Shania Kids Can to reach even more students, we are so happy to do so. Yeah, that's great. The last time I talked to you a few months ago, it was 57 schools. So I mean, already right there, that's another eight. So that's great. Yes, we're we're thrilled. Um, our goal, we're currently in 91 actually statewide, which is amazing. Um, it's about one in five Title I schools here again in CCSD 65, but hoping to be close to 90 by the end of the 24-25 school year. Okay. For those who aren't familiar with the term, what is a Title I school? It really uh, speaks to the amount of students that are free and reduced lunch. So example, at Martin Luther King Elementary, our students are 100% free and reduced lunch. And that just comes, you know, with the, you know, being uh, at risk as well. And so that's where we get the Title I designation. There are different tiers to it, uh, just depending on the need of the school. Uh, but we are a Title I tier, one, which is 100% uh, free and reduced lunch. Okay. And how big is the problem of dropping out of school in Southern Nevada? You know, we are known as a, a dropout prevention program at, here at CIS. And I think sometimes that's a little bit of a misnomer because people automatically think, okay, dropout prevention, high school, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we do, especially with the pandemic, we saw definite spikes in students who, for a variety of reasons that came about through the pandemic, we did see a spike in students who, you know, weren't completing. But we also know that a student rarely wakes up one day in the middle of their sophomore or junior year and decides to drop out of school, right? There are things that have happened along their academic journey, along their life journey for many years that have, you know, contributed to that and challenges. And so that's why we are at elementary schools like Martin Luther King, where we can provide those interventions and those services as early as elementary school and support throughout their educational journey so that we really are a stay in school organization and that we can get them to that finish line of graduation. And it really does start at the elementary level. You know, the one thing we say here is we want to make sure the kids are safe that they're learning and that they're having fun. You know, we always like to have our school be a welcoming environment for not just our students, but our families and community members as well, and our community partners like community schools. But it really starts at that elementary level and creating that love of uh, going to school, love of learning, and knowing that school is a safe place uh, to be. Awesome. Okay. So how do people find out more about Communities and Schools of Nevada or the Shania Kids Can Foundation? Absolutely. You can find lots of information on cisnevada.org or G. Um, we also are very active um, on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. We're there on all of that. We will link out as well to the Shania Kids Can Foundation, shaniakidscan.com, to find out more information about them and specifically about their partnership with Martin Luther King. That information is up on their website as well. Okay, awesome. So once again, cisnevada.org. cisnevada.org is the place to go to find out more about communities and schools of Nevada, or they're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. 
And you can find out more about Shania Kids Can Foundation at shaniakidscan.com or it links out from cisnevada.org as well. Okay, Debbie and Doug, thank you so much for being here and talking to us about this, letting us know about the various programs that are going on with communities and schools and the partnership with Shania Kids Can Foundation. It's very inspirational, all the work that you're doing. So thank you both for being here and talking with us. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. When a student lacks basic needs like food, clothing, and learning materials, attending school can be a challenge. And that can make it impossible to thrive. At Communities in Schools, we address this issue by ensuring that students have everything they need to re-engage in learning, access to technology and school supplies, and even emotional support. By bringing communities of support to students, we're achieving equitable learning conditions. And that's what Communities in Schools is all about. Learn more at communitiesinschools.org. I'm Heather Vale, and this is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Joining me today is Stacy Chapter, Community Outreach Manager for Project 150. This nonprofit organization provides support and services to homeless, displaced, and disadvantaged high school students so they can remain in school, graduate, and build bright futures. Stacy started as a volunteer in 2016 and became the volunteer coordinator and then the community outreach manager covering community events and volunteer engagement. She was voted Alignables 2022 North Las Vegas Business Person of the Year and last year filmed a documentary on homelessness with Valerio Zanoli. Stacy, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. We're honored to be on here. Why was Project 150 originally founded? So we started in 2011. A couple of businessmen here in town saw a news story done on Rancho High School. And at the time, um, the librarian always saw these students in the library. And when they investigated, they found out there was about 150 students without resources. From there, we have grown to 75 high schools. So that's how we got our name, Project 150, from the original 150 students. But now we serve upwards of 7,000 students in 75 high school, which is all 59 CCSD high schools, plus the magnet schools, plus we go as far as Tonopah, Indian Springs, Wawapa Valley, Sandy Valley, and Pahrump. And we have a presence in each of those high schools so students can get our services directly at the school, or they can come to our office and receive services. Okay, that sounds like a lot of people that you're serving, which is so awesome. Besides the volume, what does Project 150 do that's unique in the Las Vegas community as opposed to other nonprofit organizations? So there's very few agencies that deal with this age group, specifically high school teens. Our lane is working directly with the high schools to keep these kids in school through graduation. So Southern Nevada is unique in that we're fourth in the nation for homeless children, but we're number one in the nation for unaccompanied, unsheltered children. So these kids are on the street without an adult to protect them. So we provide services for them to remain in school through the duration of high school. A lot of our students will couch surf, which means they stay from friend to friend and relative to relative. And we've had students that have done that all four years of high school. So providing support services such as food, hygiene, clothing, school supplies, workshops on life skills and job skills. That all helps to keep them in school, keep them grounded and provide an opportunity for them to see themselves accomplish something. Why do high school students who are having challenges with homelessness still choose to go to class? 
they know that's their way out. Um, a lot of our students are first time high school graduates in their family. Definitely a lot of our students are first time college goers in their families. Um, it is not zip code, it's not race. There's a million stories. It's a it's a me generation raising kids wanting me time, which as a parent, I can tell you there is none. It is kids being dropped off at grandparents. Here you raise my kids. Grandparents don't necessarily have the proper documentation for them to get support services for these students. So they're kind of in limbo. We have undocumented families that will go without services so they don't get put into the system. We have a broken foster care system, although there's a lot of families that are great out there. It is a broken system and sometimes it is safer on the street. I had a counselor come in and shop for, uh, she brought six special needs students into shop that had needs that didn't have clothes. Three of those students' special needs were living in a homeless shelter. I can't think of anything scarier than being special needs, needing routine, and not knowing where you're going to sleep at night. Um, mm. We had a 16-year-old boy. Stepdad and him didn't get along. Stepdad said him or me. The boy came home at the end of the school year. The locks were changed. The house was empty. We had a, a counselor that had a student that slept under her desk in the morning because the mom turned tricks at night and he had to take care of the younger siblings. So it's a number of things. Single parents with the cost of living out here, you literally have to make over $22 an hour to afford a small apartment. So the need is great. Um, housing's not affordable. Jobs are low paying for some of these families who maybe are not educated families that can't make those high dollar jobs. So we're there to support the students to make sure that they have what they need. Uh, kids won't go to school if they don't have proper clothes, if they don't feel like they're blending, if they don't feel like they, they don't smell good, they're not going to go to school. So we're, we're preventing those barriers. And then we follow it up with our scholarship program. Um, last year, we awarded 48 students $125,000. This year, we awarded 69 students almost $200,000. And that's for any trade school or college in Nevada. We don't care if they want to be a manicurist or a doctor. Wow, that's great. So for the kids that are struggling to make it through high school and they don't have resources and support to do it, what are the specific resources, support items that you supply to them? So we provide food. They can have it. They can pick it up from the school. They can get it from us. We do the dry goods bag with the basic cereal, pasta, pasta sauce, as well as doing food rescue where we can provide them bags with dairy and produce and frozen bags with meat and vegetables. And the reason that part is so important is if a student is couch surfing and they take groceries home and contribute to the house, sometimes they get a little little extra stay at the place they're staying at. So it's, it's sometimes rent. And that's a good provide for them. And then um, hygiene products. Again, if a student doesn't have feminine hygiene, if they don't have deodorant, they're apt not to go to school because they're going to stand out. Uh, mm -hmm. if they don't have proper clothes. If their clothes never fit, the girl that shows up to school with no bra or no jacket in the wintertime, the counselor can place an order for the student if they don't have transportation and we will take it directly to the school or they can give them the referral to come to us and they can shop at our Betty's Boutique, which is set up like a little boutique. There's a men's department, a ladies department, a whole room dedicated to women's shoes. Um, they can get hygiene, they can get food, and they can shop for their own clothes. So 
again, there's very few agencies for this age group. And everyone that I know of has either a very small rack or a box on the floor that says, here, find something that fits you. They get to shop with dignity and respect and pick out their own styles and their own sense of self and and become their own people. So Betty's Boutique, who is that named after? Who's Betty? So the building that we're at at 3600 North Rancho, the Ingolstadt Foundation uh, helped purchase that for us. So the Ingolstadt Foundation is a philanthropy headed by the Ingolstadt family who used to own the Imperial Palace back in the day. So we honored the mother Betty by naming Betty's Boutique after her. And then our smaller delivery truck is named Chrissy after the daughter. So we were into naming this for a while, I guess. That's cool. So tell us about the Night in Havana fundraiser that you've got coming up. So we do a few uh, third-party fundraisers throughout the year, which are people raising money for us. But this is our one night of fundraising a year to provide the support services that we need for these students, the scholarships. We provide all the caps and gowns for any student that can't afford it. Uh, we do special orders for students that maybe need a pair of track shoes or something to get them further on their career, plus the basics that we provide. So this one night is our main fundraiser to get the funds we need to operate throughout the year. And I can tell you, it is so fun. Our executive director, Kelly, is pretty good at this. Uh, last year, we did Denim and Diamonds, and this year's a night in Havana. I hear there's a cigar roller there, and the gentlemen will get fedoras, and the ladies will get these gorgeous fans, and the food will be awesome. And it will be at the Industrial Event Center on September 24th at 7 o'clock, which is at 2330 South Industrial Boulevard. So we're, we still have room for uh, sponsors. In fact, we just picked up another sponsor today to, to fund the night. Uh, we are looking for in-kind donations that we can use for our silent auction. And we are looking for ticket sales uh, to help support these programs. So if you want to help these students and be part of that village that will get these kids through school, please come. It's not only a great night, but it's a, it's a way to do good and and really support these kids and let these kids know that, yes, there are people out there that care about you and want you to get where you need to go in life. So it will be September 24th at 7 o'clock. They can get tickets by texting 76278. Project 150 is the direct link. 76278. Uh, Project 150. Just text Project 150 to that number. Our website is www.project150.org. The information is on there. And if anybody has any questions or would like a sponsorship packet, I'd be happy to send that to them. And that is through Stacy Chapter, S-T-A-C-Y, chapter like in the book, at project150.org. But it's going to be a fun night, and I'd love to meet everybody. If anybody would like to come for a tour of our programs, I'd be happy to give it to them. We're located at 3600 North Rancho. If they need any information, I'd be happy to email it to them. We'd like, we want to be very transparent about what we do, what programs we have. And I love when people come for a tour because it's one thing to talk about it, but to see the programs in action and the services that we provide really makes a difference. I can always see people's wheels turning, you know, oh, we could do this. So we have volunteer opportunities every day. If somebody would like to come and help out, we take donations Monday through Friday. 
at our office and we do have drop locations around the valley if somebody would like to donate something for the students. Um, and those are listed on our website as well, which is www.project150.org. So when you talk about donated items, what are the items that the kids need the most? So it changes with nonprofit. It's kind of feast or famine. Right now we are in need of men's casual clothes. Men are kind of hoarders and they will drop off suits and ties, but not the jeans and t-shirts, the things that high school students need. And we are in desperate need of hygiene. Um, you know, your shampoos, conditioners, lotions, and feminine hygiene, mainly the pads. People think that tampons would be the natural choice for high school students, but it's not. We can't really send them to the school without a special letter. So pads and regular hygiene items would be greatly appreciated. Okay, awesome. So once again, project150.org is the website. You can get tickets there for the Night in Havana charity fundraiser that's coming up. That will be on Saturday, September 24th at 7 p.m. at the Industrial Events Center. And again, the details are going to be at project150.org. Or you can also text Project 150 to the number 76278. So Project 150, just text it to 76278. And if you want to email Stacy, you can get a tour, you can ask questions, you can find out more information. That's Stacy Chapter, S-T-A-C-Y Chapter, at project150.org. And if you want to drop off donations, they're looking for men's casual clothes, hygiene products for the kids, you can drop those off or I assume there's also monetary donations that people can make as well. Yes, and there is a donate page on our website. They can dedicate it if they want it to go to a specific program that we have or do a memorial in somebody's name. They can designate that as well, and we'd be grateful for any help. It does take a village to raise kids, and we'd like them to be part of the village. And for people that like to volunteer, what kinds of volunteer opportunities do you have? Making food bags, reorganizing the boutique. Every time a student goes through to shop, it looks like a student went through to shop. <laughs> so we straighten, we hang, we restock. Sorting donations, we get tons of donations in. Not everything's a gem. So we want to make sure that's our message to the students in the boutique that we put out there, what's the best of the best, so that that to me is the biggest part because uh, when I very first started, I had a volunteer tell me they grew up in the foster care system. And one year they got a bag of toys that was all broken and ripped. And that made mm. her feel worse than that she had gotten nothing at all. And that really stuck with me that, you know, it takes a thousand attaboys to turn around when you're worthless or stupid. So we want everything we do to be a big attaboy for these students. Okay, perfect. So again, it's project150.org. That's the website for all the information. You can get tickets to the upcoming Night in Havana charity fundraiser, which again, it's on Saturday, September 24th at 7 p.m. at the Industrial Events Center, and it sounds like a ton of fun. You can also text Project 150 to 76278. Project 150, text it to the number 76278, or email Stacy. Stacy Chapter at Project150.org. 
Stacy, I want to thank you so much for being here and letting us know more about what Project 150 does and how people can help out and the amazing work that you're doing in the community, as well as telling us about the Night in Havana fundraiser that's coming up. So thank you for your time and I thank you for everything that you do for the community. Thank you, Heather, and thank you for doing these series for nonprofits. It's appreciated and I appreciate you taking the time for us. Teachers shape the future. Right now, in a classroom somewhere in the United States, there's a teacher inspiring a future scientist who'll make preventing pandemics their life's work. Sharpening the mind of an aspiring environmentalist who'll help combat climate change. And generating possibilities for a student who'll be the first in their family to graduate college. Explore a career that leaves a legacy you can be proud of. Teach. Learn more and receive free support at teach.org. This is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. I'm Heather Vale, and joining me today is Brian Walsh, student loan expert and manager of financial planning for SoFi Bank. I spoke with Brian a few months ago to gear up for the new school year in the face of inflation and rising interest rates, but now the government has announced potential student loan debt forgiveness and other details that could affect you. Brian, thanks for being here again today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me again. So what exactly did the government recently announce? Yeah, so if we look at the announcement about a week and a half ago, uh, there were three main parts to it. Part number one, and probably the, the portion that gets the most headlines, is the student loan forgiveness. So with that, federal student loans uh, would be eligible for forgiveness, and people would be eligible for up to $10,000 if they did not receive a Pell Grant and up to $20,000 of forgiveness if they did receive a Pell Grant, assuming for both of those that if they're single, they make under 125, or if they're married finally jointly, they make under 250,000. The second part that they announced was related to uh, the moratorium of payments and interest that has been in place since the CARES Act was first passed. That got extended for one final time through the end of the year. Uh, so essentially, we're looking at people's federal student loan payments restarting in January of 2023. And then lastly, they also announced improvements related to income-driven repayment options for borrowers. And I, I would actually probably argue this may end up being more impactful than the forgiveness that tends to get all the attention. But they introduced a new income-driven repayment option that limits undergraduate payments under this program to 5% of discretionary income, graduate loan payments to 10%. They also adjusted how discretionary income is calculated in a more favorable way for borrowers. And then they announced that they would subsidize interest if that income-driven repayment wasn't enough to actually cover the interest accrued on the loan, kind of preventing that uh, nightmare scenario that you hear about where I've been paying on my loan for 10 years, my balance is way higher than when it started. So those were the, the three key areas uh, that were addressed in the announcement uh, a week and a half ago. Okay, so on the one hand, they're planning to forgive student loan debt for some people, but on the other hand, they're saying, well, now you have to start paying again to other people. So what are the criteria to figure out what you qualify for? Yeah, that's a question we've been getting from a lot of members we've been working with. So 
Uh, number one, I, if you have student loans, what I would do is I would go in there and I would look at, okay, what type of student loans do I have? Are they federal student loans or they're private student loans? So for federal student loans, an overwhelming majority of these federal student loans are eligible for forgiveness. Uh, so we're talking undergrad, grad, parent loans. Uh, there's some small nuances with FFEL loans, uh, but those are, I guess, more on the rare side of things. Uh, we could dive into that if you want to, but that, that's going to get more complicated for people. Okay. Number two would be going in and saying, okay, what was my income? Because you have the 125 for single and 250 for married. That's going to be adjusted gross income from 2020 or 2021. So if your income was below that in one of those two years, then, then you'd be eligible. Number three would be you can go to studentaid.gov and you can see if you received the Pell Grant because that'll impact whether or not you're in the 10 grand bucket or the 20 grand bucket. And then once you have that information, the online application has not been released yet, but it should be released in the coming weeks. As soon as that gets released, I would hop in there, I'd fill out that application and get this process rolling. Okay, and for those who are now expected to start paying again, what kind of tips would you have for them to deal with that expense? That I know that they anticipated it coming, but at the same time, it might be unexpected in their current situation. Exactly. I, I think there's a difference between kind of knowing that it, it can come back and then still included in your budget, quite frankly, because it's been yeah. so long. So we really kind of break that down into two groups right now where we say people who are in a solid financial spot, let's kind of look through and say, okay, let's make pretend payments over the next few months. Because between now and when payments kick back in, we're going to have the holiday season, which is when most people's budgets get stressed a, a fair amount. So maybe transferring it from your checking to your savings account so you can get used to that payment amount. Uh, you may also want to look at refinancing the remaining amount uh, after the forgiveness to potentially lower your interest rate, lower your payment, depending on what your goals are. The other group of people would be if you're in a tough financial spot, I would spend the next few months and get on this sooner rather than later working with your loan servicer to discuss those income-driven repayment options because you don't want to wait until December as everything is kind of happening and you're scrambling to figure out how you can get your payments in a manageable spot before all of a sudden your bill is due. Yeah. Okay. So the last time we talked about changing financial aid rules and regulations, how does this news all tie in with that? At a high level, there's not a, a really a direct connection between the announcement from a week and a half ago and then, you know, changes and the existing rules related to, to financial aid. The most overlap that we're seeing is the fact that current students are actually eligible for the loan forgiveness that, that we talked about earlier. So if you're a current student and your loan was taken out before June 30th of this year, then that would be eligible. The only nuance is it's not going to go based on the student's income, assuming they're a dependent. It's going to go based on their parents' income for those income thresholds. So I, if I had a, you know, a son or a daughter in school, uh, I would explore that to see if there's any forgiveness that they're eligible for as well. You said prior to June 30th. So those who took out loans in the past couple of months would not be eligible? 
That is correct. Okay. So what general advice do you have for students or their parents who are concerned about being able to afford higher education as costs and interest rates keep going up? I think the, the key really is to approach this from a return on education perspective, where you look at it and you consider the net cost of, of going to a school, which will be what's listed on the website minus any financial aid package that you get. Look at the graduation time at different schools, because some schools, quite frankly, take longer than others. And then look at the average earnings based on the major that you're considering. And that way you could use all that together to say, okay, if I'm coming out of school making X amount versus Y amount, I'm going to be able to handle different levels of student loan debt and still be in a good position to be able to pay that back. I think strategically choosing the school with those considerations is something that's going to be extremely helpful for families moving forward. Okay. So how can people find out more about the options around financing for higher education? So uh, you can go to SoFi.com, S-O-F-I. We have great resources for college students, for parents, you name it. And then we also have the team that I lead of financial planners that are available to all SoFi members on a complimentary basis. Okay, awesome. So SoFi.com, S-O-F-I.com. You can get a lot more information there about not just student loans, but other types of financial products, including other loans, mortgages, bank accounts, and what have you. So SoFi.com is the resource to go to if you choose to set up a financial product with SoFi. They outline all the options that are available for you there, and you can make your decision as to whether you want to go with SoFi for your financial products. But there's also a lot of information there as well. So SoFi.com. And Brian, again, thank you so much for being here today and walking us through what this news means and how people can deal with it. Thank you so much for having me. When I was younger, I may have did some stupid things, even committed some crimes. I'm not a criminal. Youth Advocate Programs is a community-based alternative to youth incarceration, congregate placement, and neighborhood violence. Learn how at yapinc.org. I'm Heather Vale with the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show, and this is your community events calendar for nonprofit initiatives and charity events around the Valley. Monday's Dark with Mark Chinook is a bi-monthly musical fundraising party at The Space, with each event raising $10,000 for a specific charity in 90 minutes. Upcoming shows include this Monday, September 12th at 8 p.m., benefiting the Serving Our Kids Foundation, and Monday, September 26th at 8 p.m., benefiting the United Citizens Foundation. Get tickets or find out more details at mondaysdark.com. That's mondaysdark.com. United Way of Southern Nevada invites you to make a difference in the community on their annual Day of Caring, which rallies the caring spirit of volunteers. It takes place on Friday, September 23rd with an 8.30 a.m. kickoff celebration at Stoney's Rockin' Country. And 10 a.m. is the showcase of volunteer opportunities with various nonprofits and community organizations. To sign up or get more information, visit uwsn.org caring. That's uwsn.org slash caring. 
Project 150 is hosting their Night in Havana charity fundraiser on Saturday, September 24th at 7 p.m. at the Industrial Event Centre on Industrial Road. The organization provides free support and services to homeless, displaced, and disadvantaged high school students. Find out more or get your tickets at project150.org. That's project, the number 150.org. Bunnies Matter Rescue is holding their fall festival on Sunday, September 25th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Floyd Lamb Park in the Bunny Building. It's fun for the whole family with games, goodies, gifts, and crafts. They also hold bunny adoptions every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Floyd Lamb Park. Find out more about bunny adoptions, the fall festival, or volunteer and donation opportunities at bunniesmatter.org or facebook.com slash bunniesmatter. Matter. The Collaboration Center Foundation is holding its second annual Night en Blanc Gala, a ranch chic event benefiting individuals and families of all disabilities and ages. It includes a dine around, open bar, entertainment by Cirque Mechanics, and a live and silent auction. The event will be held on Wednesday, September 28th at 6 p.m. at Collaboration Center's Las Vegas Ranch Campus on Windmill between Durango and Buffalo. Get tickets, sponsorships, or more information at collablv.org. That's collablv.org. The second annual Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Foundation Halloween Dog Parade and Contest is happening on Sunday, October 2nd from 10 a.m. to noon at Dollar Loan Center Arena in Henderson. Prizes will be given for Top Dog, Best Dog and Human Duo, and Best Pack. Registrations now open and the fee is $50 per dog. Proceeds from both the Halloween Dog Parade and the 2023 LVMPD Canine Calendar benefit the LVMPD Foundation to help support programs and initiatives, including lifelong veterinary and health care for active and retired service dogs. Register to participate or find out more info at lvmpdfoundation.org. That's LVMPD foundation.org. The Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department is holding their National Night Out on Tuesday, October 4th from 5 to 8 p.m. at Bob Bryce Park, 2050 Bonnie Lane. There's also locations in downtown Summerlin, Town Square, Water Street in downtown Henderson, and more. Find out the info at lvmpd.com. That's lvmpd.com. The Nevada chapter of the National Hemophilia Foundation is holding their Unite for Bleeding Disorders walk for the first time since 2019 on Saturday, October 8th at 9.30 a.m. at Floyd Lamb Park. If you personally donate $25 or more, you'll receive a special Unite for Bleeding Disorders t-shirt and walk bag. Find out the details, register, or begin fundraising at hfnv.org. That's hfnv.org. The annual Ride for Kids motorcycle ride to raise funds for the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation is taking place on Sunday, October 9th at 8 a.m., starting from Town Square, Las Vegas. The ride will go through Red Rock Canyon and back down to Silverton Casino. Register to ride or find out the details at rideforkids.org slash Las Vegas. That's rideforkids.org slash Las Vegas. 
Junior Achievement of Southern Nevada is holding their J.A. Booathon bowling fundraiser on Saturday, October 15th and Sunday, October 16th at 8.30 a.m. at the Santa Fe Bowling Center. Join a team and bowl in the fast lane. Get all the details at jasnv.org. That's jasnv.org. The 12th Annual Grant a Gift Gala takes place on Thursday, October 20th, starting at 5.30 p.m. on the field at Allegiant Stadium. This is an evening of friendship, philanthropy, and memorable moments to benefit individuals and families who are navigating the autism spectrum and other neurodevelopmental disorders. The dress code is BU, wear blue. Get your tickets or find out more at grantagift.com. That's grantagift.com. Black Pearl Promotions is holding a Bring Back the 70s disco fundraising event to support Domestic Violence Awareness Month and Breast Cancer Awareness Month on Friday, October 28th from 8 p.m. till midnight at Starbase LV on West Diablo Drive. Get all the details and buy your tickets at blackpearlpromotions.com. That's blackpearlpromotions.com. The 26th Annual Boulder City Lions Club Charity Golf Tournament is happening on Saturday, November 12th at 8 a.m. at Boulder City Municipal Golf Course. You can sign up now through October 1st by sending a message through social media at facebook.com slash bouldercitylionsclub. That's facebook.com slash bouldercitylionsclub. And Free Boutique Cycled Fashion is giving away free clothes to men, women, and children with no documents required. The boutique is located on Charleston, east of Maryland Parkway. Bring your own bags and make an appointment at facebook.com slash freeboutique. That's facebook.com slash freeboutique. Baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. 